Does your child talk nonstop and rarely come up for air? Is sleeping the only time your child ceases to talk and sometimes not even then? Are you wanting to encourage your child to communicate well, but the excessive talking is driving you crazy? Well, then we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Friends, if you enjoyed this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, seriously, your support helps us to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. If you feel led to partner with us, just go to gingerhubbard.com slash support to donate any amount. Thank you so much for your support, which enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. If someone asked me, Katie, what is the key to homeschooling with confidence? I would tell them three things. Number one, God's word can't and won't homeschool without it. Number two, coffee, lots of it. And number three, encouragement from fellow homeschooling families. My husband and I have attended homeschooling conferences since our first year of homeschooling, and I am convinced that I wouldn't have the confidence I have today without the wisdom and encouragement I receive year after year. Friends, if you're a homeschooling parent or if you're considering it at all, I highly encourage you to load up the family and join us at the Teach Them Diligently Convention in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and that's May 5th through 7th, 2022. Ginger and I will both be speaking, and when we're not, we'll be hanging out in the booth selling Ginger's resources and encouraging parents to reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. For more information about Teach Them Diligently, go to teachthemdiligently.net. Again, that's May 5th through 7th in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and use the code GINGER to get $20 off your ticket order at teachthemdiligently.net. Ginger, before we get started on today's topic, I wanted to read a note that came in on Facebook from Jessica Butterfield, and she wrote this. I just listened to the episode on tattling, and it was so great. Also, I am so thankful for the podcast notes that you post. Many times I listen when I'm running or working out and don't have a pen handy. It's so nice to be able to go back later and mark up my Bible or make notes for the kiddos. Oh, thank you for that, Jessica. We'll be sure to pass that message on to Heather, who does an outstanding job organizing all of our show notes. She does every bit of that for Katie and me, and we are so thankful. I do not know what we would do without Heather. I know, I know. (laughs) Oh, so listeners, there's no need to stop in the middle of your workout or doing laundry to take notes. You can always find all of the Bible verses we mentioned, links to any resources we talk about, any of our sponsors. You can find all that information in our show notes at gingerhubbard.com slash podcast. And speaking of notes and reviews, if you enjoy our podcast, it is actually incredibly helpful for you to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen or to share about our podcast on your social media accounts. We are so grateful for all of you who have taken the time out of your very, very busy days to comment. (laughs) Okay, well, Ginger, this is a really exciting episode for me because I happen to know a thing or two about excessive talking. Not that I've been accused of it um, (laughs) or anything, but enough about me. Let's go to our listener question. 
Aloha, Ginger. I have been tuning into your podcast and have been richly blessed. Thank you very much for your effort and time to put together such helpful resources for moms around the world. Today, I'm wanting and needing help with a talkative slash chatty child. We have four children and homeschool them. And as many homeschool parents would say, one benefit of homeschooling is that children can talk and communicate with anyone outside their age group or grade level. And that applies well to our children, but all too well to one particular child of mine. (laughs) He is a very outgoing boy and can make friends with anyone. He often greets our neighbors and knows no stranger. However, When I have a chance to chat with our neighbors, or anyone for that matter, he tries to overtake our conversation and answers questions. I can hardly get to know anyone or have a conversation without interruption. Not only this, he just talks and does not listen to what others have to say. I believe children can and should be heard and be part of conversation. However, I would like to teach him when it is okay and when it is not okay to be part of the conversation. This has become such an issue that I just hide from our neighbors because it is so burdensome for me. And I become so frustrated and taxed that I just don't want to spend my emotional energy on this anymore. But I do know this is something I must teach him. Any tips, advice, admonition, or anything at all? And at the very least, a secret snack to eat in the pantry when I hide away. Any other <laughs> listeners who struggle with this, mahalo for taking time to read this message. And she signed it speechless in Honolulu. So <laughs> bef- before I toss it to you, Ginger, I just want to reassure this sweet mama that absolutely there are others dealing with this exact issue with our own kids. So you're not alone. We've had many other emails expressing these same thoughts. And we will answer the part about excessive talking in today's episode. But Ginger and I will have other episodes in the future to address other things in our listeners' question. Okay, Ginger, on to you. All right. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, Katie, because there's actually several issues going on Mm -hmm. here. We've got excessive talking, not listening, having all the answers, I guess sort of a know-it-all, if you will, (laughs) and interrupting. And I'd actually like to do a whole episode on kids who interrupt. Hey, Ginger, let me... I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just wanted to interrupt you while you were saying interrupting. Good grief. (laughs) Ah. All right. So yeah, we actually, I I do want to do a whole episode on interrupting and we'll have Katie as the star of that show (laughs) uh, because not only was that one of those issues that really got under my skin with my kids, uh, but I do have some biblical insights as far as getting to the heart of kids who interrupt, Mm. as well as uh, a really simple and practical plan that will help to nip it in the bud without discouraging the child. So stay Mm. Tuned for a future episode on when kids interrupt and when kids have all the answers and might be coming across as a know it all. But for today, I think you're right, Katie. Let's just stick with the problem of excessive talking. Okay, that sounds great. So, how about you start with some of the reasons our kids might be excessive talkers? Well, there could be a number of reasons why kids talk excessively. It could be uh, just a response to stress. Mm. It could even be that they know they talk too much when they're nervous or stressed, but they don't know how to calm themselves when they're anxious. So excessive talking has become a coping mechanism. Or it may be that it has nothing at all to do with stress or anxiety. It could be that their social skills are just not mature enough to pick up on cues from other people. They aren't able to read body language or facial expressions, so they aren't really aware of how their over-talking is being received by the other person and uh, in negative ways. Then there are those kids who are able to pick up on social cues, and they're completely aware that they're talking too much, but they just can't seem to stop themselves. 
themselves. I actually know some adults like that. (laughs) (laughs) This is also in line with kids who, even after their parents instruct them to stop talking, they keep on. It's like they can't help it. In both of these cases, excessive talking is an issue of self-control, or actually a lack of self-control. Talking can actually become an enslaving addiction. Some kids simply love to talk. They find so much pleasure in talking that they just can't seem to get enough of it, and so they tend to overindulge, Mm -hmm. so much so that talking has potentially become an idol in their lives. Proverbs 21, 17 and 2 Timothy 3, 4 warns about people being lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Okay, I'm going to interject here again, which is... Katie, are you actually interrupting again? Well, (laughs) it's a funny thing to do in this particular episode, and but I do want to say I have struggled with this very thing for as long as I can remember, at least my entire adult life. My parents could probably speak to whether or not I was a chatty child. I think I was. Um, But I've actually become more aware of it the older I get, and it's something I have to be very conscious to fight on a daily basis. So I enjoy talking, which I know would surprise everyone to hear that. Um, And I do feel myself struggling not to take over conversations. I also find it really difficult to listen when others are talking. So I've actually done some research on this topic to help myself and a few of my kids who obviously inherited my gift of gab. Um, Mm -hmm. That's just a nice way to say say that. And, you know, it actually feels more like a sin of selfishness at times, more often than not, in my heart at least. Uh, But Ginger, as you often say on this show, we can't know for sure what's in the hearts of our children, right? That's right. We can't know for sure what's in their hearts. But what we do know is that God has given us the gift of communication, and He does use that gift for His glory. So we don't want our kids to think that their talking is wrong or sinful. Mm. I once knew a couple who didn't allow their kids to talk at all during family meals, whether they were eating at home or eating out in a restaurant. And I actually saw them in a restaurant one time, and it was It's just kind of depressing to watch. I mean, the kids just looked miserable. And the parents' reasoning was that their kids' excessive talking drove them nuts, which I know we can relate to that. (laughs) Um, And they just wanted to be able to eat in peace. But that's so sad to me because family meals are one of the few times in our busy lives that we can just sit and talk and laugh together as a family and just enjoy each other's company without all the usual distractions of life. Okay, so I'm not defending that family's decision to demand silence during mealtimes because, I mean, truly, it is a missed opportunity to to make them stay silent during family meals, but I can completely identify with their desire to do that because I have sensed that just, can we have silent lunch like we used to in school when we'd get in trouble? Just silent lunch, everybody. (laughs) Um, But it's actually one of the reasons our family uses different decks of cards and different games at dinner. Um, You know, those kind of would you rather questions and things like that, because if we don't steer the conversation, someone is going to end up excused from the table without finishing their dinner because they said something (laughs) disgusting. Every time, every time. So I'll have Heather put a link in the show notes to the questions and some of the games we use at dinner time. Our kids love that. Yeah, that is awesome, Katie. You guys using those cards to guide the conversation, what that's doing is it's setting boundaries. Mm. And setting boundaries is key for helping children learn to be self-controlled communicators. So I love that. And the Would You Rather cards, those are so much fun. And they're mm-hmm. also great for long drives in the car, too. And I'm sure 
probably most of our listeners have heard of the Would You Rather game, but just in case someone hasn't, it basically just prompts imagination and communication with questions like, would you rather slide down rainbows or jump on clouds? <laughs> would you rather never have to brush your teeth again or never have to take a bath or shower again? Ew. And one of my favorites, and I'm sure Katie's too, is would you rather lick the bottom of your shoes or eat your boogers? Ginger, you... <laughs> I would have to kick you away from our dinner table. You'd have to go sit in silent dinner. Okay. You love doing that to me. I do. I do. I can't help it. I just can't. (laughs) All that to say, mealtimes and traveling are great opportunities to help children mature in the way they communicate and to practice interacting with others in respectful ways. It's our job as parents to teach our kids how to communicate with self-control and how to show respect for others by being good listeners. Katie, like you, I was a talkative kid. Uh, In the episode we did on When Teens Rebel, which was my personal testimony of me rebelling as a teenager and how God used my parents to lead me into a personal relationship with Jesus, I shared a story about riding in my daddy's truck with him and how my nonstop talking was driving him crazy, especially on that particular day. And I can't remember exactly how old I was. I think I was about four. And I just kept asking, Daddy, what's that? What's that? And every time he answered, it just led to me asking more questions (laughs) until he was finally so worn out with all my talking that when I asked about the hundredth question, he responded with, little girl, I don't know. And he said, I looked at him in shock and slapped him on the shoulder and said, oh, daddy, you know everything. He said, then when I turned 16, I looked at him and said, "Uh, you don't know anything. Well, that's accurate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys missed that episode where Ginger shared her personal testimony of her rebellious years, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. That was episode eight. And that's actually the only time I remember Daddy showing frustration with my excessive talking. Mm. I'm thankful that my parents were patient and didn't suppress my talking because had they done that, it might not have turned out that talking is actually what I do for a living. (laughs) They recognized and nurtured the gift of communication that God gave me, which encouraged me to build a whole career in ministry on basically running my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say that growing up, not everybody had an appreciation for my gift of gab. I was constantly getting in trouble for talking too much in school. Uh, I spent plenty of afternoons in detention hall, and my teachers were always telling me that I needed to close my mouth and pay attention. And Katie, actually, one of my college teachers had the audacity to give me a D in public speaking. Can you believe that? (laughs) I love that. The nerve. (laughs) Well, Ginger, my home ec teacher in high school asked me to never take her class again. And she was basically the nicest person I've ever met. So there's that. I get, And, you know, I've spent my entire adult life as a homemaker. So that tells you something. <laughs> well, we need to keep in mind that communication is a gift that God could use for His glory. So we definitely don't want to discourage or suppress the child who likes to talk. We want to encourage our children because you never know how God's going to use that gift. But the Bible does say there's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. So it's parents, we need to help our children understand how to be discerning and self-controlled and how to be good listeners. Being a good listener is just as important as being a good communicator because it shows love and respect for others. Well, Ginger, I actually have some practical ideas for how we can teach our kids to do this. And I've mentioned this book before, and I'm certain I will mention it again, but it has been such a huge help to me as I train my kids through various emotional, social, and spiritual milestones. It's right up there, Ginger, with your book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, as the top books that impacted my parenting. So this book is called Are My Kids on Track? And we'll include a link to that in the show notes. 
The authors of this book have some really practical ideas for how to teach kids to learn reciprocity, which is what this whole episode is about. How do we teach our kids to stop talking and actually listen to others when they talk? One idea I loved was to toss a ball or a beanbag back and forth during conversations so only the person holding the beanbag can speak. And then they must think of a question to ask another person when they toss it to someone else. Mm. So they've actually suggested a timer also, because we talk about timers a lot on this show, but they suggest a timer for kids who really just have a difficult time reading those nonverbal cues or knowing when to wrap it up. Uh, I notice in particular that my six-year-old likes to hold us hostage during conversations. (laughs) So he'll start to say something and we're all paying attention and he'll say, well, um, I was thinking that maybe I, and we're just all about to come unglued, just please finish the (laughs) sentence. So I'll often say, you know, honey, collect your thoughts and then we'll come back to you. (laughs) But for kids who just talk constantly without ever taking a breath, I think a timer is a really good idea. Yeah, or maybe even an hourglass timer for the kid who can't tell time yet. That way they can actually see the sand running out and they know when their time is almost up and then they know that it's about time to start wrapping it up. I (laughs) love that. I love that. And by the way, our our youngest is the same child who came into my room recently and said, what are you working on, mom? And I said, oh, I'm just doing some research about children who talk excessively. And he just got this look on his face and said, is this about me? So he knows. (laughs) And uh, we had a good laugh about it. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. As a mom, I can't imagine going back to the good old days where parents just sent their teenagers off in a car without a way to call if they you know, get into a fender bender with their insurance agent's daughter. That's a true story, I did that. And as my kids mature, I like the idea of them being able to reach me if something happens. Uh, But I don't like the idea of giving my kids access to the entire World Wide Web of wackadoos. This is why I'm ecstatic to introduce you to our sponsor, Gab Wireless. They are the first smartwatch and smartphone provider to actually do something smart when it comes to our kids. Gab watches and phones look and feel like all the smart devices on the market, but the great thing is that they don't cost more than a mortgage payment. And they're super safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no games, no social media, and no contract. Instead, the Gab watches and phones have just the functionality that is safe for kids and nothing more. 
GabWatches and phones are just $100 and start at $10 per month for service. But for our podcast listeners, Gab has offered $30 off the price of their watches and phones. Just use the code GINGER at checkout to get your Gab watch or Gab phone for just $70. Go to Gab, that's G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Again, that's Gab, G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Well, Ginger, you mentioned those verses in Proverbs and 2 Timothy that warn about people being lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. One huge way we show our love for God is through loving others. So what are some practical ways we can encourage talkative children to love God and others in the way they communicate? Well, I'd like to offer three suggestions. First, we do want to warn our children about the dangers of being lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You know, we all find pleasure in different things. Talkers, obviously, find pleasure in talking. And that's okay as long as that pleasure isn't more important than honoring and obeying God. We know from 1 Timothy 6.17 that God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And so that everything includes talking. So while God does encourage us to enjoy pleasures such as talking, he also warns us to not overindulge in those pleasures. Overindulging in anything leads to unhealthy addictions. Now, again, we don't want our kids to feel like talking is wrong or sinful, but we do want to help them understand that God has given us warnings and wisdom in His Word when it comes to talking, which brings us to the second way that we can encourage children, and that is to show them what God's Word has to say, specifically about excessive talking. So parents and grandparents, I encourage you to Pull out your Bible and show your kids what God has to say about talking. Uh, you can look at Ecclesiastes 3, 7. You might say something like, sweetheart, God tells us that there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. And then maybe ask, why do you think God calls us to not talk and to be silent sometimes? And if they can't come up with a good reason as to why in the world they should ever be silent, which is a strong possibility for the excessive talker, uh, you might offer a few suggestions. You could say something like, sweetheart, when we stop talking, it gives our minds a little time to rest. It also gives the mind of the other person time to rest, and it gives the other person a chance to speak, which shows love and respect for them. Mm. Again, our goal is not to take away their God-given desire to talk or the joy they find in talking, but to help them discern a healthy balance for when to talk and when to hold their tongues. Which, let's be honest, isn't easy for anyone especially children, but it's not all of us struggle. That's right. That's right. Which is why we need to be intentional about asking God to help us find the balance between the joy of talking and the discipline of listening, because the word of God says that it's through the discipline of holding our tongues and listening that we bring honor and respect to him and others. So we want to strive to help our kids understand and find that balance. Uh, So we might say something like, honey, I know you love to talk. And I love to hear about all the things you're thinking and feeling. God has given you the gift of communicating, and His will is to use that gift for good. But He also calls us to have self-control and to not overindulge in the gifts He's given us. In Titus 2.12, God says that we are to live self-controlled lives, and that includes having self-control when we're talking. That's really great, Ginger. Our pastor one Sunday recently mentioned that sin is also pleasurable at times. And so we need to be careful to help them 
you know, pick through and say, is this pleasure because I'm doing what honors God or is this pleasure because I'm delighting in this particular sin I'm committing mm-hmm. right That's now? That's good. That's a good word. Okay. So Ginger, you've told us to warn our children about the dangers of being lovers of pleasure, um, specifically the pleasure of talking. Then you encouraged us to show our kids what God's word has to say about excessive talking. And there is plenty that the Bible has to say about that. What is the third way we can encourage a talkative child? It's important that we help our children learn to listen as well as they talk. Proverbs 18.2 speaks to the issue of those who only practice talking to rather than seeking to understand by talking with. And that verse says, The fool does not delight in understanding, but in airing his own opinion. And Proverbs 18.13 reminds us that he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. So based on these verses, we understand that the finest art in communicating is not in learning how to talk, but in learning how to listen. For an excessive talker, it takes self-control to stop talking and listen. But in James 1.19, we're commanded to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So we want to help our children do just that, because listening to people is one of the many ways that we show love and respect for them. A good way to encourage children to listen as well as they talk is to teach them to ask the other person questions. Katie, you've already mentioned that. Mm -hmm. And, And to really stop and pay attention to the answers. It can be super helpful for us to practice this sort of thing at home with them by role-playing, like using the game that you talked about earlier, Katie, with the beanbag, whoever's Mm -hmm. holding it gets to talk and then asking questions based on what they say. So if your child's about to go to a new play group or a Sunday school class or, or wherever, we can play the friend and help them practice. We can prompt them to ask questions like, What's your favorite game to play? Or how many brothers and sisters do you have? And then we can teach them how to ask more questions based on the answers they get, because that's really going to help them learn how to show interest in what the other person is saying. So after you, playing the friend, answer the question about siblings, then maybe encourage the child to ask a follow-up question like, are your brothers and sisters older or younger than you? Or what sort of things do you enjoy doing with your brothers and sisters? Be willing to role play with your kids because that's going to give them the tools they need to show interest in others and to be better communicators. I think we underestimate how helpful it is for us to practice scenarios like this with our kids. It can feel really awkward or silly to them Mm -hmm. and to us at the time, but our homes really are the safest place for them to practice these skills before they take them into the more difficult space of their peer groups or with strangers. And speaking of strangers, I think it's helpful to come up with a signal or a cue to help our kids know that they are doing it again, you know, that you're you're talking too much, (laughs) without embarrassing them in front of other people. So maybe a gentle arm touch or just some sort of way we can subtly let them know that it's time to stop talking and to listen instead. Yeah, because it's never our goal to embarrass our children in front of others. We can correct and train and instruct while being respectful at the same time. So, Katie, having that signal is a great way to teach children to avoid the selfishness of dominating the conversation by talking too much and then encourage them to value others by showing interest in what they have to say. Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4 say, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. We can talk about those verses with our kids and actually practice through role-playing how they can live out the Word of God in the way they communicate. 
Ginger, you mentioned at the top of the show that one of the reasons our kids might talk excessively is because they aren't able to read body language or facial expressions. So Mm -hmm. referring back to the book I mentioned earlier, they recommend a really fun way to help our kids learn this valuable skill. And again, this is a learned behavior. So children are not born with this ability, and it takes time and patience on our part to teach them. You probably don't want to tell your six-year-old that he's holding you hostage with his story like I did. (laughs) Anyway, the suggestion in this book was to observe strangers in a park or a shopping mall from a distance and take turns with your child guessing what their conversation is about just based on their body language. This helps the child learn to understand those nonverbal cues. Mom, if you're listening, my mom, by the way, this is the game you have played with me my entire life. My mom always thought she knew what other people were talking about, and uh, we would make fun of her for that. So little (laughs) did I know she was trying to teach me emotional and social intelligence. So well done, Mom. I would say you did a great job, but I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) No, Mom, you did. You did a great job. Another idea is to play a game that they called silent support. So you play something like Jenga in silence with the goal of encouraging others without using your words. You can use facial expressions, a thumbs up, fist bump, pats on the back, and other things to convey an emotion without using words. That is brilliant. Creative games like that, yeah, not only help kids hone their social and communication skills, but are also fun ways to interact together as a family. So I love it. I like it especially because it's in silence. (laughs) We're still playing the game, but everybody's quiet. (laughs) It's a little trickery. (laughs) Well, we all need that sometimes. We need some quiet. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Andrea in Tennessee, and she says this. Hi, Ginger and Katie. I love listening to your podcast. I have three daughters, five years old and younger, and your advice is so practical. I'm behind on your episodes, so you might have already been inundated with quick tips, but you sounded desperate, so here are a few of mine. (laughs) In our earlier episodes, we were so desperate. we were very desperate. Uh, Thank you for noticing that, Andrea. Uh, Ginger has inundated us with all of her Vaseline tips, and we needed you guys to step up. So thank you to all of you who have done that. And we are always in need of more quick tips. Those are way fun, so keep those coming. Mm -hmm. Okay, here are Andrea's tips. Keep a plastic bag in the front of your vehicle and collect trash, especially on long trips. Cook bacon in the oven on a foil-lined pan. I do that. Mm, I've never done that. It doesn't splatter all over the oven? Uh, no, actually, if you do a deep enough pan, I don't seem to have that problem, but it keeps the whole kitchen from smelling like bacon for four days. Uh, See, I I like the kitchen to smell like bacon, but I'm always looking for, yeah, but I I like that idea though. Yeah. But not four day old bacon. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. For little girls, plastic hair ties, use a fingernail clipper to cut them out. That's a great idea. For s'mores, use chocolate covered graham crackers or fudge striped cookies in lieu of graham crackers and chocolate. I, she says, I love this because I always hated how the chocolate bar was never soft. And that is exactly what I hate about s'mores. So I'm doing that. That's my favorite idea ever. Forget the marshmallows. I'd just eat a whole box of fudge stripe cookies though. Um, Quick, (laughs) quick bonus tip from me is not to buy any food for your home that you're not prepared to eat all by yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, we you have know, that Katie, issue as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, that actually answers the last part of Speechless in Honolulu's question because she asked for a secret snack idea to eat in the pantry when she's hiding from her kids. Well, <laughs> there you go. Fudge striped cookies. Yes. <laughs> I love fudge striped cookies. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those.
As we mentioned at the top of the show, we will answer more of Speechless and Honolulu's questions at a later date, Lord willing. Uh, maybe, Ginger, we could do it from Honolulu. What do you think? Oh. That sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Fine, yeah. man. You know, it's actually funny you should mention that, Katie, because I've had moms ask about hiring me to come spend a weekend in their home to help with their kids. Well, you know what? If you live in Hawaii, yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> Super nanny. Yes. Yeah. And Ginger only goes if I'm with her, by the way, everybody, just so you know. I'm her sidekick. Yeah, absolutely. Unless they can only <laughs> afford one ticket, Katie, then you're out. No, I'm getting in your suitcase. <laughs> you would <fit>. Okay. <laughs> How big is your suitcase? <laughs> okay, on that note, Ginger, please leave us with a final word of encouragement. Sure, I will. But one more quick thing before we go. Uh, y'all, I am so excited to tell you that I have co-authored a children's book series with my friend Al Rowland. And yes, it's the same Al who we talk about uh, on the podcast because he does a lot of work and helps with our podcast. And it turns out that he's more creative than your average tech guy. So he's <laughs> been promoted to co-author. Nice. Uh, that we're so excited about this. The first two books in our series are available now for pre-order on Amazon. So we hope you'll go pick up both copies. And uh, book one is called Sam and the Sticky Situation, which is about whining. And book two is called Chloe and the Closet of Secrets, which is about lying. And kids are just going to love these fun stories and illustrations while learning that there are better ways to communicate than whining. And they're also going to learn about the importance of telling the truth. So these we books would are love... precious. They are uh, precious. Katie, you read them to yeah. your kids. You yes, got a really good I response. I love them. And they love them. That is so awesome to hear. So we would love for you guys to head over to Amazon and pre-order your copies today. And we'll be sure to put a link in the show notes. All right. Final word of encouragement. The good news is that when children struggle with excessive talking, it provides us with a valuable opportunity to teach them how to enjoy the gift of communication with self-control and in ways that show love for others and bring glory to God. Those moments are also wonderful times to point our children to the hope we have in Jesus when we ask for His help with struggles. Thank you, Ginger, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, would you please leave us a rating or review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church. We offer a one or two day conference as well as a full weekend retreat. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.